Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Manch. Coach, this is a big one. This is this is the one we've been waiting for. This what, is what a championship guest tonight, Brian. Oh, my gosh. The man, the myth, the legend. How Before we get into our uh, esteemed guests, yes. you got anything with the Fox Valley throws going on, Coach? We fight, Where are we firing it? You know, January 8th, we start our winter sessions, Brian. So we're really excited. A lot of kids have signed up already, and kids can continue to sign up until that Friday before on January 6th. And uh, we're really excited to get kids ready for their track season, which starts, by the way, in the state of Wisconsin, March 5th. That's awesome. And you'll be at the track clinic. When's that track clinic that I get to speak at? Share the, share the good word of the conjugate method with all you track coaches. That is the first Friday and Saturday in February. So we're looking forward to that. You talking to throws and not only that, but my great friend and one of our guests on the podcast, Coach Ebel from Auburn University is going to be the main speaker for the throws. So super nice. excited. Nice. That's fantastic. We got uh, Sports Advantage Oconomowoc opens first week of January. Uh, we just got our flooring down. Uh, equipment comes in December 16th. And then we're going to start getting after it over there in, in Lake Country. So we're really excited about that. But let's get to our guests here, Dino. Uh, you know, one of our one of our good friends, obviously, uh, work colleague of yours, uh, someone who, who who's an avid listener to our podcast and someone who is making an incredible difference in young athletes' lives over there in Maker Nation. And we're talking about the one, the only Jason Mangan. Coach Mangan, how are we doing? We're good. Happy to be here. Awesome, Coach. Well, you understand how this goes, right? This is pretty laid back. So, but we want to uh, we want to give our listeners, you know, a little background on you. So, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you've been, and and kind of what you're doing over there in Darboy University? All right, appreciate it. Uh, first off, I'll just start by just saying my appreciation to you too, what you do for this field and and the state of Wisconsin, and what what you guys give on this podcast that's worldwide is just unreal the amount of time you guys put into it and the free content you put out there and life lessons and to athletes coaches parents you name it is is second to none so I appreciate you guys a ton and and not only that but just the friendship and just the camaraderie that we have together is is something I'm really grateful for um a little bit about me I grew up in Reedsville Wisconsin uh, northeast Wisconsin small town thousand people grew up on a dairy farm so I'm a country boy um graduated um uh then I went over to uh, UW-Stevens Point, played uh, some football at uh, UW-Stevens Point and, you know, in the WIC, which is one of the best D3 leagues around, um, played linebacker there. Then from there, um, student taught in Brilliant, uh, Wisconsin, so another small school, so kind of very similar to the size of Reedsville. And then got a job at Oshkosh North, uh, spent seven years there, coached football there, coached some baseball there, um, and then... 2012 moved over to Kimberly um, with an opening there. Um, get to share an office with my man Dean Matchy, which has been a, a life-changing experience to me. Just a wealth of knowledge. Um, so uh, involved football track, um, you know, off-season strength stuff. You know, you know, the whole nine yards feel feel like uh, constantly busy trying to make kids better every day. So it's kind of a deal with me. Uh, I guess if if I go back to like my roots, would be kind of back just just on the farm. You know, just developing that daily work ethic. You know, there's no holidays, there's no weekends on the farm. That it don't matter. Like, like work's got to get done, yep. and then you know the the reward for getting the chores done. You know, my dad set it up that we were done milking every day at like four thirty. The the reward for getting the chores done was playing the yard with I got three older brothers and 
you know, my younger sister, my dad played all the time. We had a basketball hoop up in the Haymall. So like 365, like we were playing, playing in the yard, playing in the Haymall, you know, whatever it was to, to have fun and, and play some sports. And I feel like everything I've learned is really either through farming or athletics, you know, like obviously your schooling gets you set up, but I think a lot of my life lessons and a lot of my roots go back to those two avenues. Brian, I'll tell you what, I can vouch for him because, you know, given that, having the opportunity to work with Jason on a daily business, you know, 365 days, he's got an incredible, incredible work ethic. And, uh, you know, we're up at, we're up early and he's up early for a little bit different reasons, you know, with three girls at home. And uh, many times he comes in to, to work with very little sleep. And you, you, if you're a student or you're an athlete at the high school, you'd never know the difference. I mean, he, he's always given a hundred percent. He's there and he's constantly helping kids become the best version of themselves. And he wears a ton of hats. You know, and he talked about some of those, but we'll talk a little bit about, he does some refereeing and he's coached many different sports. And again, the weight room and, and being a teacher and, and coaching football. So let's start with the football. Let's put the football hat on Jason. You know, obviously people out there know the success of the Kimberly football program and losing. Oh, a guy here we go. Jones. Here we go. Steve Jones. <laughs> was a big bull to the athletes. Let's face it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's a situation where Steve stepped down. I think it shocked a lot of people and, you know, including coaches and including people that were, that were in the system and, and kids. So, you know, talk about that transition because a lot of our listeners are coaches and that happens in coach, you know, the, the different sports all the time. Going you know, on in Wisconsin right now. We're, we're dealing with that at the collegiate level in the state and, it happens at the high school in all different kinds of sports. And, you know, the bottom line is, you know, you and I are always thinking about we want to make that adjustment as smooth as possible for the athletes. So talk about how your role is one of the main assistant coaches on the football staff and that talk about that whole transition. Yeah, I guess I guess I would say number one is like I think every emotion, emotion you imagine like happened, like, you know, like for a while you're really sad, you know, like, you know, not only Steve is a – is a, is a great teacher, a great coach, but he was like, you know, a really, really good friend of mine, you know? So you're like, you're sad that like, kind of, you know, like what you had, like I, I coached him for 10 years, you know? So it's kind of like that part's over. We kind of thought it was like over. If it ever happened again, it was going to be in a whole different limelight. You know, you're kind of like, like you're upset, you know, because you know, like how much, how much pride and, and joy you have and in, in what you have built into the program, how much you have invested is going to be hard to keep at that level, you know, when you're missing like a big cog um, in it, you know, because of how, how phenomenal he was. Um, you're happy for him because he's going to pursue a passion and he's doing something he wants to do. And I think in, at, at some point you just come to the realization, like change, change is necessary, change is inevitable, change is constant. So you like, you know, it's, it's, what's your perspective, you know, like Inky Johnson says perspective drives performance every day of the week. So What's your perspective on it? how are you gonna how are you gonna move forward? Because he's got to do what he's got to do, and we got to do what we got to do, and I got to do what I got to do, and you just got to figure it out, you know. And I think my role right away was, you know, once I kind of got over some of those emotions, like, hey, this is happening, like, okay, if I'm having trouble, the kids are definitely having trouble, like, or the kids are are really confused, or the why, or the what, or or what now, um, and just talking with kids, and early on, you know, the kids, I don't think you know, like you look at the Badgers right now and like most of the staff is going to be gone, you know? So I think our kids thought that like one of the first questions the kids have is like, who's staying or like, 
when this head coach comes, like, is, is everybody gone? Like is a whole new crew of people come in and I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, just slow down here. This is, this is high school education. This is, this is public, public school education. Like, like this is probably a couple changes here, like not a full, full fledged change. Right. And then once we get over that, you know, it's like, Hey, like, you know, we're, we're still like, we're still a program that is just not built on one person. Like, yeah, there's a lot of pieces in the puzzle and that's a big piece, the head, head football coach or, or the leadership teacher or the guy that's in charge of, you know, a lot of speed stuff. But like, that's one piece of the puzzle that like either a, we got to replace or B other people have to be a little bigger piece, you know? So it's, it's how can we as a staff, you know, take on enough roles and, and get somebody in here that's that, that can fit with our culture that we have now, which is really good. Um, and try to keep this train on the tracks and then, you know, try to speed it up. Just like when, when coach Jones took over the head job at Kimberly, like the train was on the tracks, but how can you speed that thing up? You know? So really, I guess like after kind of the initial, you know, like I wouldn't say, I would say shock, but like, I knew it was coming. You just didn't know when, and you tried to hopefully think it was later rather than sooner. But then after that, it was about, okay, how can we keep the train on the tracks? How can we be here for the kids? You know, what support do they need? What questions do they have? How can we get going on the on the hiring process? Like who, what kind of candidate do we need? What do we need in this place to take it to the next level or to transition to this next stage? Um, you know, and then Coach Mikewitz came in and like kudos to him. Like, like he didn't come in trying to blow everything up or try to change a whole lot. He knew obviously with the success of our program, like he just had to kind of fit in and just add some nuances here and there. So, you know, like he he let us do what we had to do in the weight room. Like, you know, he let let the let, you know, we had a D coordinator that stepped up, Coach Alupney. Like he let him run a show. Like he didn't he didn't step on his toes. Like he he collaborated with a lot of us offensively. Like, all right, how do how do you guys do stuff? Like I want to learn the language of you. So it's just one guy learning new stuff, not you know, the whole program learning new stuff and just trying to adapt, you know. So I think he did a great job with that. And then, you know, just keeping the pieces of the puzzle together because obviously you don't you don't go all the way to a state championship without a lot of different pieces of the puzzle being, being a big part of the process, you know, or putting them all together. Obviously you got to put them all together to make it happen, you know, to raise a gold ball. And luckily we're able to do that, you know? So, you know, we're fortunate. I mean, yeah, but at the end of the day, like change is, change is hard. It was really hard. You know, like this, this championship is, you know, I'm blessed to be a part of a number of them, but this one's different. I think, I think to me personally, this one was the hardest one, you know? So like, if you just look at the last calendar year, it was a challenge, but true. Like, you know, the, the things that are most challenging in life are usually the ones that, that become the most meaningful to you. You know, Jason, that's a great point. And, you know, huge kudos to Coach Mikowitz because, you know, a lot of coaches want to go into a situation where they can build a program. And there's not a lot of coaches that want to step into a situation that he stepped into. And the way he, you know, just let everybody trust, you know, trust in the process and how he put himself in a situation to make things easier for not only the coaches that stayed together, but also the kids in, in terminology and everything else. So uh, huge kudos to coach Michaelitz for, for taking on that challenge. Cause many times people don't want that pressure or they don't want that challenge and in stepping into something like that. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add too, like not only coach Michaels, but, but the way coach Jones did it on the way out was, was top notch. I mean, like yes. to be, to, to say, Hey, I'm going to move on to this other phase of my life, you know, end of December, you know, still keep teaching, but, but guide along the way and, and offer insight. Like we want to been able, like he was a piece of the puzzle that if it wasn't there, you know, it wouldn't have happened, you know, like we wouldn't have had the success we did unless, 
you know, the plate was kind of set, set for Coach Mikeowitz and all of us. Like the way he finished is exactly what he preached. So kudos there. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of kudos to go around for us to to do what we did, you know, because it, it was hard. It was hard. And and for a, a good number of the season, I didn't didn't think it was gonna happen because of just how hard it was and how much change there was and how much growth still need to happen. Yes, and that's you know, the biggest thing about Coach Jones is you know, he truly cares about every kid and cares about the program. And I know it was a very difficult decision for him, but just everything as far as what you always explain to the kids as seniors, when you're done with your football season, finish, finish the school year, be a good leader in your school. And he finished as a head coach. You know, he continued to be there for us as coaches in the building and for the kids. And he continued to help out throughout the this fall. In, in the football season as well. So huge kudos to Coach Jones as well. Well, I mean, Jason, like talking about that that state championship team, right? Um, you know, I, I I'll share a quick story before I let you answer kind of this this thought. When I was at Wisconsin, for the first 10 years I was there, you know, we never went to the Rose Bowl, never won a Big Ten championship. And starting to, you know, starting to think I was the jinx, you know, because I got there right after Ron left. And I'll never forget in the summer, uh, it was like second or third week of the summer. And we were, we were ingrained in, in doing a lot of our, you know, camp prep and stuff like that. And there, we, there was a situation that happened uh, in one of our runs that I had never seen before. Um, and I don't want to share it because it's a little graphic and, and things like that. But it's, you know, it's something where the leaders went above and beyond to prove a point. Um, and, and, you know, without hesitation. You know what I mean? Um, on, on something that happened. And I'll never forget, like I walked down in, in Coach Herbert's office and I looked at him and he looked at me, he goes, we're going to win a championship this year. You know, and it was one of those things where you just, and, and we ended up, you know, doing it because you just kind of one of those moments. So was there like some type of turning point during the season um, or, or or point where you thought that this team really had the opportunity to be really special? I know, uh, you know, at, at Kimberly, the standard is the standard, right? And the state championship is the goal. Um, winning conference championship is the goal. So that's always the standard. But there was there a time where you thought that this team um, could be really special this year, you know, a different and different from other teams that you've had? Yeah, I guess I guess I think of like two different things. I said, like, number one, this this was the program's eighth championship, sixth one I've been for, therefore, and it was the first time we had a loss during the season. So I think the response to the loss was was paramount to what we did towards the end. So we lost week seven, um, you know, and just didn't didn't play well. Like the other team, way better than us. I mean, they were like three scores better than us. Like the final score was 10, but they were in essence three scores better than us that night. And um, maybe even four. I don't know. But like the response to that was like, all right, like like that next week of practice. Number one, I think it helped us a lot of times homecoming week like creates a lot of challenges um a lot of distractions but i think our kids had some things that like got fun for them you know like the pep rally or the parade or just kind of just the the school camaraderie that came with it like it was important i think that after the loss we played a really good opponent we, we had a team that was seven and oh coming into town so it was like you better you better man up here or not like like they say adversity introduces a man to himself like you better man up here. Otherwise, you know, this thing could go, to, go the other way, you know? So um, I think the response that week um, and the belief they caught, caught up when, when we won that game 
in week eight that that put us back into the driver's seat for a conference championship. You know, I think the response the week before, like, hey, everything you need is still ahead of you. Conference title, state title, you know that. Like, you don't think that far ahead, but, you know, kids do, coaches do. It's like way into that telescope. But the microscope was like, hey, how do we how do we change things? So I think the practice focused increased because because I think they were shocked when they lost. I think some of our kids thought like, like, you know what, we're just that good and we're going to show up. And, and it got proven to them that that's not the case. So I think the response to the loss was paramount. Like, I don't think we... I don't think we run the table and win a state title without that loss. Um, I think another thing, so level two, we had a, just a battle on our hands where we were down 14, three different times. Um, we ended up going for two late third quarter to get it to 28, 22, but right before that, or right after that happened. So we were down 28, 24 and our defense kind of was rocky all game. You know, our defense had a great season, you know, a couple games, like if I think of that level two game in the state title game, like they didn't get many stops, but they got the stops that they needed when, when it really was, was crucial, but it was 28, 24. We called our, actually our first designed kind of run play for our quarterback. We, we ran a replay all year and, and he took it in from 20 yards out, um, and, you know, and got us to 28, 20. And then they jumped off sides on the two point on the extra point. So then we went for two and then, um, we got the two, but like, as, and, and we ran a play where the quarterback, you know, wasn't involved in the two point conversion, but, um, on the play that he scored, like when he was coming back to the sideline, cause extra point field goes coming on, he like just did this flex or this Aaron Rodgers kind of pump. And it was like, to me, the first time your quarterback, like, like just showed a bunch of emotion. And I felt like just something changed right there and i'm like all right if we can get a stop we're gonna go down and score we did that you know and then we 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 ended up winning 29 28 and then it's like all right we got a chance here obviously you're going into the quarterfinals but like when 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 the quarterback when the leader of like a guy that's got to be your leader because there were moments this year where i think he didn't want to take the bull by the horns and I, I had a lot of conversation like hey like you're gonna have to hold him accountable you're gonna have to do this you're gonna have to do that and I know he got it from other coaches too, but like the moment he did that, I'm like, all right, we got a chance here because we're, this thing is trending in the right direction. And, and to me, that was a defining moment in my eyes. Nice. Jason, let's talk about, you know, it was a tough road. I mean, very difficult road, level one, two, three, you know, you got, you got Wanaki level three, you know, going down to their place and how many game winning streak did they have? Well, I think didn't, wasn't there like the records, like the, the teams that you played were like 44 and two or something like that. To... The last, the last four teams were 44 and two. The last seven teams, we played five conference champions. All of those conference champions, their only losses were to eventual state champions. Um, another team got all the way to the semis and another team had beaten us. So that was our road, like the last four, the last seven, un it was incredible, you know? So like in the back of your mind, you're always like, I, I don't know if we can run this and stay healthy and keep making plays against top level competition. But I also think it's exactly what we needed, um, you know, going into relax. the week of the, going into relax. the week of the, yeah, going into the week that we lost the previous two weeks, I, I don't think our focus was that good. And I don't think, you know, we were just dialed in as much as we needed to. I don't know if the preparation was where it had to be and, you know, Again, kudos to the kids responding to the loss the right way. Coaches, you know, we made the necessary adjustments and and we got on a run and and I think it was good that we that we had the like you know some some kids were upset about getting a three seed when you're a 
under or a conference champion where technically you win the tiebreaker, but you know, once you get over that and now, okay, what's your response? Like, like, let's go on a run and, and make this freaking epic, you know, like let's go. State game. I mean, just an incredible opponent playing Mukwanago. I mean, just a great team. We knew it was going to be a, a heck of a battle and it, it just looked like <laughs> as the game was going on, Hey, whoever had that ball last was, was going to win the game. So talk about that game winning drive. And, and more so the mindset of the athletes because, you know, just being around it and, and seeing it, you were obviously in the huddle, you know, right before those guys went out there. And, and we both talked about it after the game. Just it, there was a there was a quiet confidence. So kind of explain, you know, what, what you saw when when you looked in those guys' eyes in that huddle when we needed to score right at the end of the game there. Yeah, I, I just saw like no doubt, you know, like going back to, you know, our our good friend, you know, John Malin, who's looking down on us now, like he just always said, leave no doubt. And like, like 30 seconds to go down three, first and go at the five, you know, like there was just no, no doubt that they were going to get it done. Like call the play. We still had time, you know, those timeouts are longer at the state game with all the commercials and stuff. But like, it was just like this quiet confidence. And like, when you guys had your guest on a couple of weeks ago with, you know, coach McGee, like when he talked about the eye of the hurricane, like once he said that, when I listened to your podcast and he said that like like it just took me right back to 30 seconds to go five yard line down three like it was just like like there was chaos around us like like there was like you know some probably some doubt on the sideline and and just you know you're in a whole different atmosphere at Camp Randall but like like the eye of it the huddle was was calm was steady was balanced like we had we had the personnel that we exactly wanted we we had done a couple different things from that personnel grouping that game that I think kept, um, you know, our opponent really balanced. Like we threw out of it, we ran left, we ran down the middle. So like, you know, like we got to our bread and butter and the, and the kids executed, you know, it was, it was just, it, it's still kind of a little surreal or kind of like numb that, you know, you had all this change in the off season and you had this uncertainty. You knew you had a really good group coming back. Um, just a lot of good solid players, you know, and then to be in that position after, you know, didn't, you know, things didn't go our way, you know, the whole game. Like I remember sitting at halftime and like a lot of like kind of doubt, scared looks on their eyes. Hey guys, we, we've been here before. Like we've been here before in this building, you know, years back, we've been here before this season. Like we've been in way worse situation. Just let's get something going here coming out of half and just keep rolling. And, and kudos to the kids, you know, they, they found the belief, they got their, their mojo back and they kept rolling and, and then it was special, you know, that's just, it was, it was really hard, but it was, it's it was still like I'm still like kind of like that really happened like kind of deal so yeah so the last drive you know we just yeah at the end of the day like you you're still making adjustments all the way till the end you know like the last drive we did something that we've never done all year we kind of combined two different concepts and fullbacks kind of like where am I looking now and I'm like hey you're just doing this but you got to look back to the mic now and just I go only if we get this look he goes okay no problem and just we went out there and and kids made plays you know we had you know, third down pickups, you know, we had, we had kids, you know, break tackles and, and, and make tough catches. And just, there's just like this, like the kids kind of felt like if we get the ball back, we're going to score, like whatever the situation is, when we get it back, we're, we're, we're not going to be stopped. Like they hadn't been stopped all, all second half. So I think they're obviously really confident and they just kept that rolling and, and, and finished the deal, which, which was just unreal. You know, a proud coach's moment, you know, I get to share an office with, with Jason, Brian, as you know, and so we are very close throughout the day and in, in talking, but 
you know, for all the coaches out there, how many times do you design something scheme-wise and does everyone on the field at the same time actually do their job and do it perfect? Because I think Jason's probably watched that game-winning touchdown about 50 different times, you know, just that final week after the state and telling me, look at this guy, look at it. You know, he drove his guy into the end zone. So it's awesome when you design something and everyone executes because obviously that's the main goal. And many times there's a breakdown. And I know you were extremely proud, Jason, of that. And I think kids sometimes don't understand, you know, coaches get just as excited as the kids do. And when you put that much time and effort in, you know, to have that reward is, is just an incredible experience. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think it, it's 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 neat to watch, right? And same like for all three of us in the strength and conditioning scenario, right? When you see kids get stronger and you're like, you have a, an idea how to tweak your program here and there. I mean, obviously we use the conjugate method, but there's still ways to tweak, you know, auxiliaries and, you know, special exercises and stuff like that. And you see a kid, you know, take off whether it's, you know, from a sprint standpoint, right, he gets faster, he jumps higher, you know, those are like the real times where you're just like, when you see the kids execute the plan, that, that you know what I mean? You're just like, man, that's really awesome. And especially like on the football field, you just need one breakdown. And it really, it, it doesn't always have to be like a kid, um, you know, not doing his job. It could just be that he gets beat, that a guy's just better than him on that play. You know what I mean? So people, I think, people don't understand how hard it is to construct a successful play on the football field. Like you, you, you watch people like during Badger games or Packer games and why are we running on first down every time? Well, the hundred or plus hours of film that these coaches watched every week on this opponent and that the GAs and that the, the program assistants and everybody else watched and pro, you know, looked at tendencies, you know, football, just like strength and conditioning is a game of math. I mean, here's what the tendencies are. Here's where they line up. You know, people sitting on your couch, they don't understand how much goes into constructing one play out of one formation. Now you're talking about multiple plays out of multiple formations at multiple times with multiple down and distances, and you have to pick that play within 25 seconds. Like, I think there's a, there's such an appreciation for play callers, play designers, and I think those things are just, I mean, and it's in the weight room too, right? I mean, there's probably 10,000 different ways to strengthen hamstrings, but choosing the ones that are best for your athletes that are doable, that people can do that they can execute that all ages can do that. You can teach them once they can learn it, they can master it. Um, and they can get the most benefit out of it. That's where you have that real special sauce. So kudos to you guys on that. Cause that's, that's awesome stuff. Jace, you're also a referee, um, which we chat about a little bit here. We, you, you get the crazies running around at games nowadays. I don't, you know, I don't know you guys that choose to do that. Uh, I got a buddy that does that too, man. I'm like, when are you going to stop doing that? <laughs> but um, I mean, coaches and athletes, it, it's getting more and more prevalent, right? Um, they disagree with officials and stuff like that. And let's be realistic. Officials are humans. They're going to make mistakes, right? Um what are, what are some advice that you could give like some player athletes, coaches, how to go about, you know, maybe going about scenarios where they don't agree with a call, or maybe they have a question they want to ask like body language, tone of voice. Um, what are some things that as a referee that you're like, cause it, it, you know, we're all human. So if someone's screaming at you across the court, right. You're less likely to give them 
the, as much attention as he probably deserves. Are there certain things that coaches do or that athletes do that you're like, Hey, I really want to give you my time here to really, you know, listen to what you're saying. Yeah. I, I think, you know, just, you know, keeping the calm when it's chaotic, you know, like, like, like the palms up stuff from a player is just like automatically right. going to be like, come on, man. Like, or like a coach just screaming or the hand motions, like, like you wouldn't treat anybody else like that. You know, like it seems like when you put on a striped shirt, you're just like automatically just a target, you know, which, which is kind of just comes with the territory. But I think, I think as like, I, th I think it's good for me that I see both avenues, like as a referee, like I think as a referee, the problem we have is number one, like people just expect refs be, be, to be perfect. Like you said it, like they're human. Like, like I, I'm not going to make every call correctly. Just like, just like, we're not going to make every block. We're not going to make every tackle. You're not going to make every jump shot. You're not going to make every pitch. Like, like you have to just understand, like, it's just part of the game, you know, just like the weather or the crowd is part of the game. Like, referees making really good calls or really bad calls are part of the game. Um, you know, and just like, like you, like as a coach, sometimes you have the best angle. Like sometimes I have the best angle, like it just works kind of both ways. Like, and also like, as a coach, I know, like I have, I have an emotional attachment to the result as a referee. I don't. So like, it's hard to, it's hard to explain that to people when they're not, they haven't been on the other side. Like, like very few referees understand how much goes into it. Like this is 12 months out of the year. This is film study. This is a lot of time away from your family. This is, you know, just for many, a, a hobby that's turned into almost a part-time full-time job with the number of hours they put in on the other side, the coaches don't understand. Like I lose sleep over bad calls. Like if I cost the team a game, which, thankfully in my career, I don't think has happened very often. Like I lose sleep over that. Like I am thinking the whole ride home or the whole, the whole night, like, man, how did you kick that? Or what could you have done different? Like, and you know, Lou Holt said it like the, the more time I spend, you know, talking to a referee, the less time I get to coach my kids, you know? So like at some point, like, yeah, you got, you're going to have some emotion in there and you're going to have this emotional attachment. You're going to have a reaction, but you got to move on. Like you got to move on. Like nobody's perfect. Like do it the right way. Like, Hey, sir. Like, Hey, can you watch this? Like, can you watch number 24 grabbing me around the screen? You know, like being more specific instead of like, they're holding us. Well, okay. Like every single guy is holding on every single play. Like yeah. be specific, like understand too. Like we don't want like, they're they, you know, like contact that causes a foul or a disadvantage is a foul, you know? So it's like, we're not going to call every single hold. If, if the guy got grabbed and now all of a sudden there's a tackle or like a cheap and one in basketball, like, you know, like we want, we want to keep playing, you know, like obviously we're there to enforce the rules, but like, I think everybody's got to understand, like everybody has their role, you know, like coaches, players, fans, refs all have a role. When people try to do somebody else's role, that's when things go bad. Like that's when things go south. And that's when usually regrettable actions happen. Um, and, and let's be real, like the coaching profession, people are leaving it. The referee profession, more people are leaving it. So something's got to change. And I, I have some ideas about the change, but for them to actually happen is probably not going to happen. So like at some point, like, you know, I think referees in one, I don't think, I don't think we're strict enough. I don't think we flag people enough for bad behavior. I don't think we flag, you know, or tee coaches up enough for, for poor behavior to, to kind of set the standard. Cause you're kind of worried about your ranking or you're worried about being that guy, but they're also like losing respect for you when they're like, okay, I can just right. walk over this guy. So you, it's such a balancing act. You know, I think it's really helped me 
as an educator, as a coach, know that other side, you know, personally, it's just another challenge. You know, it's just a way for me to stay in athletics. Like I played basketball in high school and then obviously my basketball days were done, but you know, it's just a whole nother avenue to find new friends, a new avenue, a new connection to like students, you know, like that, you know, didn't know that about me. And we can talk about certain stuff. I got to see so many different places in the, in, you know, Wisconsin, up, upper Michigan and go to different environments and, and be in some pretty cool atmospheres. So, you know, you hate the people to, to leave that, you know, when they really like it or enjoy it because of, you know, a couple bad, bad fans or a bad coach that gave them a bad experience. So to me, it's like, you just got to understand, like, you know, failure is part of the process. Refs aren't going to be always perfect. It, it's never going to happen. Just like I never called a perfect game or coached the perfect game or taught the perfect technique or, or fix the kids squat perfectly. Like, it's just part of the deal. You got to accept it and, and move on. And, I also think like I look back to, you know, all the losses and that I've had coaching, like I would never blame one of them on a ref. Like there's so many plays during a game that if we would have executed better, like the call wouldn't have mattered, you know? So it's just, it's just part of the process. It's just part of the animal that, that sports are. I think that's one of the, the best lessons I've tried to teach my kids and the, the kids I coach. I'm like, make it so undeniable and, and how you play that the that the game can't be put in a referee's hands because they are human, you know. And, and when you put a, a a call that you know if a a scenario where the ball is thrown or shot somewhere where people are out of position, well, yeah, you're you're it's going to be a tougher call, you know. So as a as an athlete, you know, don't put them in that situation. Be so dominant that you know. And if you can't be that dominant, well, then you got to figure it out. And I think coaches. You know, the worst mistake you can make is in your team meetings and when you're talking with players and stuff like that, talk about how you had a battle, you know, officials and how the officials, you know, screwed you and and, and all this other stuff. I mean, no one's no one goes into officiating to ruin a young man's life or a young woman's life. You know, they do it to give you an opportunity to play, you know, sure. and, and it, it the funny thing is, it's not really funny, but it's almost worse, you know, at the younger ages. You know, you go to soccer games, you got people sitting in their lawn chairs, you know, they probably got four or five beers in them and they're screaming at the official in an eight-year-old soccer or, or what, you know, a little league game where, you know, you got a high school kid just, you know, getting paid 10 bucks, you know, to, to, to just help out. So these eight-year-olds can play coach pitch or, or whatever. And, you know, the kid's not going to make every call. He, you know, he's, he's just there to earn a couple bucks so he can probably, you know, pay for his Apple membership or something like that. So uh, I, I just, you know, it's really hard. And the older you get and the more you're around it as, as we are, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it was a bad call, whatever. Okay. Like you say, adjust, adapt, yeah. you know, there's nothing you can do about it, you know, type of thing. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's unfortunate because we are losing good people in, in that, you know, profession and, and, and things like that. So kudos to you, Jason, for doing that. Appreciate yeah, that. Kudos to all the officials out there that yeah. are listening too, because, you know, it, it's so important. We need we need officials. There's a shortage of officials. And, you know, I think as coaches, we got to make sure, you know, when officials do a great job, we, we got to let them know. You know, we got to give them the positive because they're always getting barraged with negativity. And I've seen a lot of good sportsmanship just through the fall with athletes going up to officials. And I know, Jason, you say that a lot of times, you know, where an athlete comes up and, and really appreciates you know, the effort, you know, the time and trying to do the best job you can. And I know, again, sharing an office with you, you're always going over, you referee a game the night before. Hey, what do you think of this call? And, you know, I'm asking you things and, 
and, and it's just unbelievable to have those officials and we need more of them. So if younger guys, coaches want to get into that stuff, you know, you'd be a great resource and they, they can reach out and obviously see you. So let's go back to your three sport athlete in high school at Reedsville. You're, you're doing some football and basketball, baseball. You can go over to UW Stevens point and you participate in football. So all those experiences that you learn being an athlete and now you decide to go and be a teacher and you're an educator and you're a physical education teacher and, and you're coaching and you're working a weight room. How are those experiences helped you become a better teacher, better coach at the high school level? Yeah, I think, I think just being around so many different teams and so many different dynamics, you learn something every single year, every single season. So like, I think, I think a major advantage, like if I look back to, to, you know, some of the things that really are, are kind of pushing or driving what I do now is, you know, I was, I was probably kind of what you would call a star in high school, but then I wasn't a star in college, you know, like I had, you know, two different roles there. So I feel like I can adapt or just kind of connect with different types of athletes that way. Like you understand the pressure and, and, you know, when, when maybe it's your fault that you didn't win a game or when you didn't perform well, but also, you know, the kid that's not getting the time they want, but, but still really works hard and puts in the time. Um, you know, I guess I could say it's a blessing now, but, you know, I dislocated both of my kneecaps throughout kind of the, my career, you know, late high school, early college had surgeries, you know, like, so you spend a lot of time in a training room and, you know, a lot of times you're just sitting there with ice on your knees and, and nobody's checking on you and nobody's really, you know, worrying about you and just, you know, Hey, whenever you're back, you're back type of thing. And, and you're trying to get back, but you know, you really learn a, a lot about yourself there, you know, with, with finding those adverse situations. Um, you know, so I think, you know, being able to connect with a lot of different people, like, you know, I've, I've coached on teams that, that went 0-9, you know, I've coached on teams, you know, a number of teams that went 14 and 0, like you see, see both avenues and you, and you, you have this just different range of emotions, but also like, I think, I think like one of our problems now is like kids are just like closing doors, like way before they have to, you know, like kids will come into the high school and they already just, Hey, I'm just going to play this sport. You know, like if, if I would have like number one and probably sixth, seventh grade, like basketball was my favorite sport. And then, you know, going into high school, like my best sport was baseball. Like the, by far the most individual success I had was playing baseball, but then my love was football. Like if I would have, if I would have just played football, that's it. I wouldn't have played a single playoff game in high school. I would none of it. So like wow. all those different things that like, I would have missed out on, you know, played in front of packed crowds, you know, on the basketball field or hitting two home runs in a game, like you would have missed all that or just how close, you know, would, would my two best friends from high school, would we have been best friends that still yet? You know, I don't know, you know, if we didn't have those connections, you know, and then, you know, obviously going to college, you just see a whole different dynamic of, of how a team is like, you know, I got introduced to more diversity, you know, and just working with people from a lot of different areas and backgrounds and skill sets. And I think that's, that's helped me out, you know, and um, just all those different different things that that go into kind of just your repertoire your arsenal like is something that you can use on a daily basis now and what I'm doing you know like you know you're always learning stuff new but you've also kind of a lot of different situations you can be involved in like this coaching change like when I was a junior in high school all three of my head coaches were new like new football coach my football coach went to basketball new baseball coach and like you know like I'll be honest like I didn't I didn't really give the baseball guy a chance like I just I just was kind of like kind of entitled, kind of fool myself. I was being, being successful and, 
And I just like kind of thought I could do my own stuff. And like looking back, I, I was an idiot, you know, and like, you know, got into some trouble here and there. You know, you look back, man, like it's one of the biggest regrets you have, like like different things like that or, or just college, like just different situations where you could have maybe handled something. But at the end of the day, you're you're here where you are. Like, but how can you draw back on those and use them? Like, like if I went to play multiple sports, if I went to coach baseball, if I went referee, if I went do all these different things, I don't know if I'd be the coach or the husband or the man that I am today, you know, so it all kind of rounded me. Like right now, I think we got this issue where, you know, parents don't want to say no to their kid or, Hey, you know, as long as they're having fun. Well, like, guess what? Like having two knee surgeries and, and, and having a, la a lackluster college career, that wasn't fun. You know, like getting new coaches wasn't fun. Like, you know, having just uncertainty and, and, and having adversity hit you, like it's not fun, but that's where you grow. Right. Like, we want kids to get out of their comfort zone in the, in the weight room, like, like preach it, like do it, like, don't like embrace change, you know, like, like going back to what we talked earlier, like that, that's like some of the stuff that I had gone through helped me in this transition or, or taking a new role or, you know, some of the, you know, times I, you know, tick my wife off. Like, it's just like, Hey, now I'm going to communicate better with you and, and be open and upfront. And like, I, now I know I have your support like undivided, like I knew it was there, but like now it's verbalized. So now like drawing back on those, those situations, like now I know, okay, like, Hey, this is what this is going to demand. Like if we're going to go somewhere like, okay, for the football season, like it's going to demand a new version of us. So how can we draw back on our past to, to push us forward and, and help us have the belief and the confidence that we're going to go, you know, and just the multi-sport thing is just something we're, we're losing. And I think, yeah, I think it's a shame because I'm seeing kids now they get to the high school and they've closed these doors and now, okay, now the kid, a grade above me is really good. Or the grade below me is really good. Or I didn't develop as much as I did. And now, now what happens when talent's not enough, you know, like when I was the best player, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and I'm not as a junior, well, now I'm just going to say, you know what, screw it. I'm done. Well now, like you've missed out on all those experience, you know, like, I just think that's that's one thing we're doing. Our our state championship team, 21 of the 22 starters were multi-sport kids. Our so kicker awesome. was a multi-sport. Our long snapper was a multi-sport kid. Like, like, like that's the stuff that I think they like when you're sitting in the huddle, when it's crunch time and and you need a play, like the more of those environments you've you've thrived right. in, the more confident you're gonna be. And I think that's ultimately like what put us over the top. And I'm not saying you know, a uh, McGuanago didn't have the same deal, but I know like right. our guys had a belief in that huddle that, that they weren't going to be denied, you know? Well, that was one of the things too, that Jacob Kisting talked about Dean, like a former uh, uh, athlete of mine, but also, you know, three sport athlete from Verona. He said the best part about playing multi-sports is he learned failure in different ways and how to overcome it, you know, because like you can prep and you can prep and you can prep, but you know, when something hits you in the mouth, you know, how, how do you, you know, how do you respond to it? And it can be different in different ways, but even more so than athletics, it teaches you about life at the end of the day. Like just because you do your job doesn't mean you get a raise every year. You know, what are you, what are you doing to be a difference maker? You know, what are you doing to, you know, continue to move forward? And I think that that's where sports is the greatest teacher for kids. You know, you're not always going to be the best even. And if you are the best, you're not going to win every time it just happens. You know, it's just, you know, it rains, you know, it, it, it snows, it, it, you play bad. You can't put the ball in the hoop. You know, you, you know, you, your receivers drop two or three balls. You make two or three bad throws. However it happens, you know, you're going to get beat and that's how you respond to it. And that teaches you so much about life. Like 
if if every single day I came to work at Sports Advantage and we won everything that we did as far as like business development, um, that's not even realistic. You know what I mean? And for me, that's what drives me. It's like the failures that we've had. You know, it's like where where are the mistakes we've made? I mean, it teaches you how to one, not make them again, but then how to grow from it. And that forms you as a person and it forms you as a leader in society. So uh, that's great, Jace. Um, for our high school athletes listening right now, okay, um, everybody wants that competitive advantage. And you know this question, you know, what what the, get your edge advice you got for our high school kids um, out there that want that competitive advantage um, coming from a, a, a guy that, has given, I'm sure, many motivational talks and has shared many incredible, you know, ideas and and a lot of substance with athletes. Give us one thing to give our athletes a competitive advantage out there. I think I think athletes, the the separations in the preparation, like how do you prepare yourself, your body, your mind, you know, just going into competition to make yourself, you know, be confident and make yourself relaxed, you know, and poised, like, and, and just <clears throat> leaving that, believing that like, we're, we're going to get this done. And and even if we're not going to get it done, like I, I did what I had to do to put myself in a position because everybody wants to win. Like, like every, every competition, every, winning is not normal. You know, it's Nick Saban talks about it all the time. Right. Like winning, winning isn't normal. Right. I tell like, we got kids that go to a, a weekend wrestling tournament. You might have 32 kids in your bracket. One of them is going to win only right. one like you go to a football game basketball game baseball game one out of two you got better odds but like what are you doing to separate yourself from everyone else you know and some of that is playing that other sport some of it is dialing in on your sleep and not letting your phone control you and and nutritionally and all that stuff like what are you doing to separate yourself from other people and then like to me like nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm like you gotta you gotta you got to bring the right mindset. Like, this is fun. You know, like this, like going back to what, you know, the turning point, I think the the homecoming stuff made things fun and like, all right, let's, let's enjoy what we're, this isn't a job, you know, like, like what we get to do is a blast. Like I have a blast every day with the kids in my office with, with Dean, like talking to you, Bob, like, all, like have fun, but separate yourself. How are you going to separate yourself, separate yourself from other people? Some of it is backing off so that you can get more quality work in and not just checking a box right. or quantity, you know, like you got to be recovered in order to be, you know, at your best. So how do you do that as an athlete to me um, is what's going to, going to, you know, predict success. Well, that whole, you know, I just want to get through it mindset that that's a, that's a setup for failure at some point in life. Right. I mean, you know, you got to get excited when that bar is heavy. Right. You got to, you know, you got to look that right in the face and be like, I've never done this before. And, you know, however you want to say it, I won't swear, Dean, don't worry. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you, you know, you got to look it right in the eye, you know, just like you got to look at an opponent in the eye on Friday night or Tuesday night or, or Saturday morning. Um, and, and that's great. I think, <clears throat> you know, the, the growth mindset that you two guys exhibit. I mean, you guys are just built different, you know, and I, I'm going to speak real personally here for a minute. Um, you both just real built, you, you guys are just built different, you know, and I think, um, you know, the athletes that you touch um, are very, very lucky to have guys that, um, you know, are a little, you know, kind of like me, a little left to center when it comes to sleep and, and, and you know, what we're trying to do and, and my staff as well. And, um, the things that we're trying to do for, for young people, you, you know what I mean? I mean, we're not, 
we're not going to be buying yachts and and doing a lot of the other stuff with with what we you know what we bring in but we're we're making the world a better place you know and we're also able to you know do a lot of fun stuff with it this is being a coach is fun like like you said Jason for the athletes i think i think our coaches need to realize hey you get to do this you get to be energized by young people um you get to be a leader um you know coaches if you find yourself you know complaining all the time about your athletes well to me, the first person you need to adjust is look in the mirror. You know, why, why aren't they excited? Are you, you, you know, are you walking in, um, you know, two minutes before the workout starts or two minutes before practice starts unprepared. Um, so I just, you know, with you guys, we're so fortunate sports advantage as a whole um, to have the incredible relationship that we have with Kimberly high school um, and so many of your coaches, so many of the people that are there Um and I just, you know, you guys, you guys push me to be better. You know what I mean? Um, I never want you guys to stop winning championships. I never want your guys, you know, to stop squatting 500 plus pounds the week of the state championship because it, it, it drives me to make our kids better, to be like, I want this for our kids. You know, I know that's the same way Robert feels at Edgewood, you know, and Grant feels that way at Wisconsin Dells. We want our kids to be holding those trophies up. You know what I mean? And so I, I honestly, that's what I think the, the greatest part of our relationship is. And I want to share this with coaches. If you find people that you're constantly cheering for that are in your space, um, those are the people you need to be with. Those are the people you need to be around because if you're cheering for them, um, they're probably cheering for you. And they're also, you know, someone that you can chase. Um, you know, and so those championships that you guys win, the, the numbers you guys put up, um, you know, those are things that are making people better that really embrace it. You know, if you're out there listening and you're jealous, um, you know, of guys success or other people's success in your conference, if I'm jealous of other businesses that do what I do, um, that's only going to hurt me in the long run. You know what I mean? You got to celebrate the good things that people are doing for athletes um, and things like that. So I just want to kudos to both you guys. Um, you know, the, the growth mindset, you know, that you both have is, just, is, is awesome. Um, I'll probably find a way to take you guys to Jeff Ruby's again, you know, next year and, and feed you and, 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 and get you locked in with another good trip. Um, but that's just another great example. You know, I'm, you know, we took our every year. Now we're going to take our, my staff, on a trip. And, you know, the first thing I, you know, I said to Dean, I said, Hey, we're going to go to West side. We're going to see Laura Phelps. We're going to see the Bengals. He goes, Mangan and I want to go. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even invite him. And he's like, Mangan and I want to go. We're going to, we, we want to go. We want to get better. You know, I'm like, okay, let's go, you know, and um, you know, kudos to your administration for, for that as well, for, for seeing the growth mindset to allow you guys to do that. Um, but now we've kind of set the precedent. So now we got to keep doing it for a yearly basis. Um, but I think it's just great, you know, I mean, for you guys to come down and meet with our staff, I mean, you guys stopped at Beaver Dam and, you know, you've stopped at us and you share your information. Um, and that just, that just shows the quality of guys you are. So I really appreciate you both. Brian, you know, the only thing I want to add on that is, you know, we always tell our athletes, you know, surround yourself with great people and, and you're going to become a better person. And, and that's truly our relationship. You know, I've communicate with, Jason at work on a daily basis and yourself many times, sometimes with 
you and you and me, Brian, it could be four thirty in the morning. Something that we this morning it was four thirty on a video or anything else. So you know, I appreciate you guys always challenging me. You know, getting us together, getting our minds together, and and doing what we do. It's not work; it's fun. Yeah, and, and, and that's our why. That's why we do what we do. And you know, I look forward to every day coming in the office and and seeing Jason. And I know he's giving everything he can to help his student athletes. And Mike Cardi's also now with us, and he they just moved him up from the middle school to Thanks. the high school. And we we really have some great great um, situations where we're constantly learning from each other. And did you see this? Did you see that? And implement them. And then we always talk about you and other things so that constant learning that constant continuing that just makes us better i know it makes your sports advantage better and it, it's just a win-win for everybody so before we before we get you off chase give us the coach manchi story coach Manchi story uh <laughs> all right okay one time so a lot of times you kind of have like the same same set of clothes or like you know you got a different same shirt or same sweatshirt or whatever so one time i got to school and i had I had a black shirt on and all of a sudden Matchy's got a black shirt on. I'm like, gosh, I, that shirt looks familiar. He he had his shirt on backwards. And then <laughs> and then when when he realized it, he blamed Tracy for putting it on the hanger backwards. <laughs> no built in. No uh, One of the two, right? Oh man. That's Oh man. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I would I would love to be a fly in that office some days. You know what I mean? Just to be with you guys and things like that. But um, well, real real quick shout out. Uh had a had a great visit today from from Coach Schwaggert from University of North Dakota stopped by today. And um Coach Schwaggert's doing some great stuff at, at North Dakota. Um I don't even know what they're called anymore. They when they were the Sioux when I worked there, and so in my mind that's what they are, but I haven't seen Coach Swaggart in um, 20 plus years. He was there when I was at North Dakota, and you know he's doing great things uh, over there. He's he's uh, just a great man and doing some great stuff. And this is just another example of a great leader um, at a non you know you know Power Five school where kids can get a great opportunity to get better, learn to be you know great you know young man, great young woman if you're playing you know other sports and stuff like that. So. You know, the message we always send is, hey, you know, Division Three, like you said, Jace, the WEAC is a great conference. Uh, Division Two, it's opportunity, stuff like that. So don't close the door on that um, as you go. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. Mango, we appreciate you being on. We'll keep giving you shout outs, brother. Um, appreciate all you're doing um, in the state of Wisconsin and what you're doing over there in the Fox Valley. And, um, all that good stuff. So appreciate you guys. And we will see you next time. Chop it. <laughs>